You're here to listen, and I'm here to talk. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason. Everyone is on social media posting videos and live streams of themselves singing, preaching, doing a little bit of rambling, even some really hilarious abstract comedy. Some of it is great. Some of it is something to be endured. Some of it is touching. Some of it is a little bit awkward. But I tell you what, during this COVID-19 There's been a great spike of church social media, and I like it. We're seeing a lot of hidden talent out there, and maybe it's awakened some of us to get more of a uh, presence in the social media world, uh, which is a good thing. You know, I want to say to you, maybe you feel like you don't really have enough talent uh, to get on and do a live video or something. Maybe you feel like you can't sing very good. You can't preach very good. You don't know how to talk in front of a microphone and camera. Maybe you feel like you don't have an Instagram-worthy life. You know what? I get it. I get it. Not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody's equipped to do that. Not everybody's gifted to do it. Not everybody has a heart to do it. So you're wondering, what can I do? What can I be good at? What can I develop a talent to do? I'm going to give you an answer. Pray. Yes, pray. Everybody can get good at prayer. Everybody can become a professional at prayer. Anyone can do it. Anyone can excel at it. And if you're going to get anything good in this life and get it right to make a difference, it is prayer. Prayer is the subject of today's Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason podcast. Podcast listeners are epic. They are awesome. They're the best people in the world. They're loyal. They're smart. They're delightful. So I'd like for you and I to stay connected. Please consider subscribing to this podcast. Also leave us a great review and rating. Follow me on social media. Facebook pages, Instagram and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. That is J-U-S-T-I-N-C-G-L-E-A-S-O-N. This COVID-19 virus has got everybody wanting to get good reception to the voice of God. SSWJG is the network to join. I received a very nice message from a Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason listener. He was inspired by my story of how I met my wife, how God gave her to me through prophecy and through undeniable signs that really spoke to him. And he has been praying and asking God to give him the same thing. He said that he saw an apostolic girl on Facebook. And in my words, the way he described it, I would just say he fell in love with the girl in the picture, okay? Uh, It's as simple as that. And I think that's a good thing. That's the feelings that you want to have, you know, when you're trying to find somebody. Uh, You feel love. You just feel love. But he was a little intimidated And just wanted to approach it humbly, approach it right. So he did not send her a friend friend request. But he says on a way back from a great missions trip, he was on his way back from a missions trip and he looked down and she sent him a friend request. 
he took that as a sign. So he decided to send a message back, an indirect message, and he followed her on Instagram. He waited for her to post a story, and when she did, he took that opportunity to message her. They instantly hit it off, and they started talking. They then both happened to be going to a same apostolic conference. They uh, were there. They met each other. That went amazingly. He called her up and said, hey, I'd like to come down and visit you which is a really good step for a guy to do, by the way. He drove down. She lives in a different state than he. He drove and visited her. That went amazing. He opened up, told her exactly how he felt. She opened up, told told him exactly how she felt. They both had the same exact feelings. And what is interesting is they both had those feelings simultaneously while not even connected on social media. See, this is great. This is what I like to hear. You know, Spirit Signal is about spiritual things. And, you know, there's some details of this story that I'm not sharing that I just want to keep uh, personal between this listener and I. But there are signs here uh, waiting on God, waiting, you know, on things to happen, things to click. And this guy did that. He was patient. And uh, now they're a couple. Now they're a couple. And maybe some of you are skeptical, a little cynical of this. Maybe you're saying, oh, you can't start a relationship on social media, all that Internet stuff. You know, if, if that's the way you feel, chances are you're probably still single. OK, so for the rest of us that want to take a risk, lay off. I've been reading uh, Heaven to Earth by Anthony Mangum, a phenomenal book. I am really enjoying it. He tells a story in the beginning about his father, Bishop G.A. Mangan. Uh, when he was a young evangelist, he met a girl named Vesta Gibson, and he fell uh, not really in love with her at the moment, but he was just attracted to her personality and attracted to how she ministered to people. And he asked her, he was about to leave and close out the revival, he asked her, could I write you letters? And she agreed to it, absolutely. And they began their relationship through writing letters to each other. So, you know, if that can work way back then, you know, back back in the, I don't know when that was, back in the 1930s, 1940s, something like that, in letter writing, a relationship could be born. They had a, a wonderful marriage, a wonderful ministry, a beautiful family. If all of that can happen, beginning with love letters, why can't it happen through social media? If it can work with pen and paper, it can work through uh, touch screens, it can work through keyboards, it can work through internet. It can work through all of that. You don't have to build a relationship with somebody uh, solely on face-to-face correspondence. Uh, Electronic correspondence works. If it were not so, then why do you read your Bible? (laughs) So I wish this uh, listener friend of mine a very happy and healthy relationship with this uh, special girl that he likes. How do I define a healthy relationship? Uh, three, Three things, three major things. When you're with this person, do you excel spiritually? Does it motivate you to want to know the Lord more? Does it motivate you to want to get involved in church more? That's a healthy relationship. But if you find yourself being drawn away from church, being drawn away from the Word of God, yeah, not a healthy relationship. Uh, Does this relationship motivate you to be productive and accomplish? Does it make you, uh, and this could be many things, it applies to many things. Does it make you want to further your education? 
not necessarily have to be that, but does it make you want to advance your career? Uh, does it make you want to uh, better yourself, better your life? If you're feeling those, those um, desires to better yourself, to work, create, to produce, that's a sign of a healthy relationship. And uh, lastly, do you want to lose your individuality and become one with this person? Can you see yourself not living life alone, but living and sharing a life with somebody else? That's a sign of a healthy relationship. So are you excelling spiritually? Are you motivated to produce and accomplish? And can you see yourself losing your individuality with that person? That's the sign of a healthy relationship. Uh, not only dating, engagement, your wedding day, but even your marriage. That's how you keep it going. Motivate each other spiritually. Motivate each other to produce and accomplish and continually, continually lose your individuality and become one with that person. <sighs> Coffee, got to get fully caffeinated for this stuff. I want to read to you from the uh, uh, book of Daniel, chapter number 6, verse number 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Keep in mind, Daniel prayed in his house. He prayed three times a day, and this was his custom since his early days. I want to talk to you about praying like Daniel. Daniel had three foundational personal disciplines that echoed into his ministry and his life, and those Three foundational principles are prayer, scripture, and fasting. Prayer, scripture, and fasting. Daniel was good at praying. Daniel was also very familiar with scripture. And Daniel had a, uh, a, a fast that he did. And today we're going to talk about prayer. We'll talk about scripture in the next podcast, hopefully. And we'll uh, get to fasting and some of the other aspects of Daniel's life. But prayer was the foundational thing. Daniel prayed three times a day. I don't think this originated with him. I think he took this from actually scripture that he would have known. Uh, it says in Genesis 19, verse 27, Abraham went out early in the morning and stood before the Lord looking at Sodom. And the way this is written and in other places in Abraham's life, Abraham, you know, he prayed often. He prayed at certain parts of the day, but it seems like Abraham every morning stood in a place to talk to God. Abraham prayed in the morning and he prayed standing. He prayed in the morning standing. You then have in Genesis 24, verse 63, Isaac, the son of Abraham, went out to meditate in the evening. Went out to meditate in the evening. Now, evening doesn't mean like, you know, what, like how we think of like a 7 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m., like that. Evening in the Bible there meant kind of between like the 3 p.m., to the 5 p.m. hour, kind of like when hard work was done, uh, you, you hopefully got a, got a kill out in the woods, you've got some dinner for your family, you gathered some uh, vegetables from your garden, you're ready to go make dinner. Before all of that, he went and prayed, or he meditated. So it's kind of like an afternoon time, it could be noon to afternoon. That was evening back then. He prayed, and uh, Rebecca approached. Uh, so then you have uh, Genesis 28, verse 11, Jacob at the evening had a dream and the Lord appeared to him. Now th this is like the context of nighttime, the context of nighttime. So you have th three different prayers throughout the day. You have the morning, 
You have kind of the midday, the afternoon, and then you have the actual evening, the night, the nighttime. This is uh, three portions that the patriarchs prayed. Abraham in the morning, Isaac in the afternoon, and Jacob in the evening. Abraham prayed for his city in the morning. Isaac prayed for his wife uh, in the afternoon. And then Jacob kind of prayed for himself in the evening. So those are three times a day, three different types of prayers for the day, the city, the wife, which could be equated to your family, and praying for himself. Uh, that's kind of a good idea. If you're going to start to really create a habit and a custom of praying, maybe break up your three focuses throughout the day, one for your city, your community. This could include your church, the world, everything outside of what is personal to you. you then the next time, pray for your family, those closest to you, your family and your close friends. And then lastly, you pray for yourself. You pray for yourself. You split up those prayers three times in a day. Uh, Psalm fifty-five, seventeen. the psalmist writes, Evening, morning, and noon, I will cry unto God, and you will hear me. So Daniel would have obviously been very familiar with the, the lives and the prayers of the patriarchs in the book of Genesis, and he would have known this psalm. Psalm 55, Evening, morning, and at noon, I will cry unto God, and he will hear me. So uh, prayer went up three times a day around the temple in Old Testament times. So this is where Daniel probably got this habit. Three times a day, he would pray. Daniel prayed at home. You really don't see him praying in the streets. You don't see him being boastful about this. He doesn't pray to be seen. He prays in his home. And the reason why is he has no temple. He has no temple to pray in. It was destroyed by the Babylonians. He has no uh, king appointed by God, a king of his own people to watch over him. He has no other prophet to speak to him. He has no priest. He has no priest to uh, consult the uh, spiritual stones, the Urim and the Thummim, to give him answers. No king, no prophet, no temple, no Urim and Thummim, none of these things. All he has is his prayer. And the only real place he has to pray and to practice his faith, practice his religion, practice his walk with God, practice his devotion is in his own home. And it's not at the front door, it's not in the main sitting room, it's not in the kitchen. He goes to the upper room. He goes to the highest place, away from everything, away from everyone. It could, it could have been actually his roof for all we know. But he uh, opened a window, opened a window, and it was a window that faced towards Jerusalem. And so here I, th I think, you know, prayer, having a custom of or a set schedule of when you pray, it's also a place you pray is also important. And to Daniel, if he couldn't pray in the temple, maybe he could pray in the field, but he couldn't pray in the field. So he had to go to his house. If you don't have a house, go to your bed. If you can't pray in your bed, pray in your heart. You know, it's finding that place to pray. You know, he's in a pagan land. The only place he really has is his house and his upper room in here. Uh, and nowadays, who knows, maybe the day will come when we can't pray in public, when we can't uh, pray in the restaurant over our food. We have to develop some type of secret way uh, to pray. But no matter what's going on, no matter what happened, even though the temple was gone, even though all of the writings concerning the priests and the sacrifices were no longer existent, Daniel did not let that stop him. He replaced all of that with devotional prayer unto the Lord, and guess what? It worked. He did it privately. It was never to impress others. He was never a hypocrite. He was never an actor. And so a lot of uh, how the Jews prayed, setting up to the time period of Jesus and the apostles, a lot of these types of prayers uh, were invented during the time uh, of Daniel when he was in Babylon. 
And it was really left up to the individual during that time of exile to pray. And Daniel did a great job of it, and he gives us great prayer templates and great practices. And that's what we're talking about today. So you need to have set times uh, throughout the day to pray. First of all, you should be praying every time you eat, okay? And don't just pray a simple short prayer. Thank you, God, for this food. Blessed Jesus, amen. Why not include a few other things in there, such as thanking God for the day, thanking the Lord for the many other blessings that you have other than the food. If there's any prayer needs, bring them up. You know, just adding those simple times of prayer right before you eat and blessing the food can really add up a lot of good prayer time with the Lord. So, but then you also need to have certain set times that you pray. Maybe possibly, a lot of people like to pray in their car. I am all for that. Uh, Pray in your car, driving to work, driving home from work. But I really think as far as prayer disciplines go and relationships go with the Lord, you need to be praying while you're not doing something else. Okay, now, yes, pray when you drive, uh, pray when you're mowing your grass, pray when you clean your house, do all of those things. Pray while you're uh, cooking dinner. Yes, always have prayer with you. Always have the spirit of prayer with you. But I think prayer is best when you're not doing something, when you're not cleaning, when you're not driving, when you're not being productive. Uh, Just a one-on-one conversation with God while nothing else is going, completely hands-free. That's the way Daniel did it, and he did it three times a day. I'm not saying you need to do it three times a day, but that is a good idea. And most of us probably have a lot of time on our hands during this COVID-19. So break up your prayer times. Um, It doesn't say how long Daniel prayed during these three prayer times, but just based upon reading the prayers that he would do in the other chapters, I would like to think his prayers were about 20 minutes apiece. About 20 minutes apiece. Uh, Daniel probably was not worried about the clock when he's praying which is the best uh, way to pray anyway with God. When you're not worried about the clock, you just pray. And once you feel like you've said everything that needs to be said, that's when you leave your prayer time and go throughout your day and then come back to your prayer time uh, when that time comes around. That's really the best thing to do is pray hands-free, pray not worried about the clock, and and just pray to uh, contact the Lord. Uh, you know, something that's interesting to me about Daniel and all of this, there's there's no temple, there's no uh, choir, there's no priest, there's none of that. There's no blowing of the trumpets. It's just him. You know, he was able to survive and develop a relationship with God all on his own. And a part of the way he did that, another the one of the foundational pieces to Daniel's walk with God is the scripture. He clung to the scripture. He prayed the scriptures. He had the scriptures deep inside of his mind and his heart which will take your prayer life to another level. The more you get to know your Bible, the more good prayers will come out because you'll pray prayer type of dialogue, prayer type of lingo, and that is where your Bible will really help out your prayer time. Daniel would have been very familiar with the Law of Moses, the uh, great scripture, Deuteronomy 6.4. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. He prayed that, he clung to that, he believed that, he walked in that, and it kept him. In a pagan world that worshipped idols, he clung to that, prayed that, remembered that, day after day after day after day, brought that idea to his prayer time, and it helped him survive spiritually. He clung to the word of God, and he believed that the Lord was one. Deuteronomy 30, and verse verse 3, it says, The Lord will bring his people back from captivity. God will have compassion. He will gather them back into the land from whence they have been scattered. See, Daniel was a scattered people, of, this, of the scattered people, the exiled people, because of their sin and idolatry, 
God took his hand off them, allowed an, a foreign enemy to come in, to lead them captive, to destroy their land, destroy their temple. But Moses gave a promise that God would bring people back from captivity. This verse helped Daniel. It helped him to believe that I'm not going to be here forever. Our people are not going to be in this foreign land forever. And he looked to God and trusted God and faced the east towards Jerusalem, the holy city, and believed this and prayed this. Uh, he would have been very familiar with the time of uh, you know David uh, throughout the kings. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, the word says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. There's a lot of scriptures that Daniel would have clung to, but I guarantee it he would have prayed this and clung to this. You can see it in a lot of the writings that Daniel had. He was praying for these things. Daniel was a holy man. You don't really see any sin found in him at all, but he would pray and ask God to forgive his people for their sins. It is one thing to pray God forgives you for your sins, but to go even deeper, way deeper, is to ask God to forgive the sins of your people. Forgive and pardon the sins that others have committed that led to the judgment of God that some righteous people had to be a part of. Yeah. It's like what Jesus did on the cross. He prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. It's praying for the sins of others. And I've been doing this a lot. And I know others have. There's a lot of sin in America. There's a lot of sin in the world. And I've been asking God to pardon this, to have mercy upon this, and to stay and to take away this plague, eradicate it from the earth as quickly as possible. We need to do this. We need to turn to God. We need to seek his face. We need to repent of our sins and ask God to forgive the sins of others that he may heal our land. He prayed in his upper room, one-on-one -on -one with God. He prayed clinging to the word, to the promises of God. These three major points, he, when he prayed, where he prayed, and why he prayed, gave him great results. This type of prayer throughout the book of Daniel, it gave him knowledge and interpretations of prophetic dreams of great kings. And this type of gift, he was promoted by the king. That type of prayer, his prayer life, gave him presence in the king's court and gave him supernatural knowledge and interpretations of all of these prophetic dreams. That's powerful stuff. Daniel's prayer life saved him from lions. It saved him from his enemies. Prayer puts a hedge of protection around you. Prayer puts a destiny upon you so that men, when they try to betray you, Try to take away everything that you have that God has given you. Try to stop God's prophetic fulfillment happening in your life. Prayer will sustain you during that time. Oh, yes. Daniel's prayer also caught the attention of angels. He had visitation of angels. And those angels revealed revelations to him. A Bible prophecy. And yes, the coming Messiah. There's a lot of things that I'm sure Daniel saw happen in his prayer time, but those are the three main things that I see. When he prayed, he got revelation, he got insight, he got interpretation of dreams. He was delivered miraculously from his enemies, and he had visitations from angels. He had interaction with the spirit world. Was Daniel anything special? Not really. He was a captive, an exile, 
but look at all of the things that he saw, all of the things he accomplished because he prayed. And you can have those same type of things too in your prayer life such as Daniel did. Praise God. A lot of the same patterns that you see in the book of Daniel, you see them in the New Testament church. What did Daniel do? He opened up his window to pray. When Jesus was baptized, the windows of heaven opened up to him. Daniel prayed in his upper room. Where do you see the church, the 120 Galileans gathering on the day of Pentecost? They're in an upper room praying. And that is where the Holy Spirit fell. And they all spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Daniel prayed as a habit. Daniel prayed as a custom. And what does Paul teach the New Testament church? That we are to pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean that you're always praying, man. You're always saying, glory to God, hallelujah, praise the Lord, amen, day in and day out, all day, every day. No, that means you never break the habit of prayer. You pray on a consistent basis, daily talking to God, daily thinking about the Lord, daily having time with God. So there's two types of prayers that you see here. It's custom prayer, meaning it is regularly scheduled. It is disciplined. And then you have non-scheduled prayer. It's sporadic prayer. It's prayer in a time of great need. It's prayer just when you feel it. It's prayer when the Spirit pulls on your heart. You need to have both of these. But can I tell you this? As I see in the book of Daniel, as I see all throughout the Bible, all prayer is good, but God honors the prayers that are done by custom. All prayer is wonderful, but the prayer that seems to get stuff done is prayer that is scheduled. It is regular, on-the-clock, day-by-day prayers. So I hope that this uh, podcast speaks to you. Maybe during this COVID-19, you develop a strong, consistent prayer life. Maybe during this COVID-19, the Lord really reveals things to you. Maybe during this time, you come out of it with a miraculous testimony of how God protected you. There's people that I know now, people that I'm acquainted with, that are suffering from the COVID-19. I tell you what, when you know somebody that's got it, it becomes real. Let's pray against this virus. It's the enemy of the church. It's the enemy of the world. The Holy Ghost is against it. The blood of Jesus is against it. It's time some of us go into our upper rooms. It's time some of us open up those windows. We're stuck in our house. We can't come to our house of worship. We need to pray in our homes. While we're quarantined, let's contact God. Let's get a hold of him. This coronavirus has opened up its mouth like a lion. And I say, let's pray the mouth of the coronavirus to be shut and driven out of the world. You know what I think? While the sinners are out there exhibiting their bodies on Instagram and spewing all types of hate on Twitter and out there broadcasting their ignorance all over Facebook, it's time for the apostolics to arise like Daniel, who pray fast and have understanding to speak out and tell the world that there is a God and we've got to seek this God and perhaps he'll pour out his mercy upon the earth. This isn't a newsroom. This isn't an emergency room. It's not a restroom. I'm not a politician. I'm not an entertainer. I'm not some dunce on a talk show. This is the home of God, Bible, and church. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason.
Podcasting is the future, and I hope I have a future in it. We're taking the genre of religion and spirituality to another level.